Ayushi Mona and you're listening to India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature and we speak to authors who bring this to life. Ayushi Mona and you're listening to India Booked, a podcast where we lean into the idea of India through its literature. Today I have with me Professor Narayan Murthy who's written a book on farm income in India and the myths and realities around it. The book's very interesting because it identifies the root causes of Indian farmers' problems and how to overcome these. In today's time, when reforms around agriculture are buzzing not just in our Twitter feeds but in our news and affecting a large part of our world, it answers very pertinent questions facing Indian agricultural today. Does increased productivity guarantee increased income? Has the agricultural price policy benefited farmers? And the book, through data analysis, shows us that if we can double farm income by 2022, uh, which is a target set by the present union government. First of all, Professor, welcome to the show and thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you. Good morning. So, Professor, my first question to you really is that what was the genesis of the book and, and why was this something that you wanted to structure in a particular way? Because the book really is, is very nicely divided into a macro analysis of farm income and then price policy and profitability. And in some of these things, right, one would think that this is slightly academic, but but the truth is that in today's time when everything from MSP um, to uh, sugarcane cultivation uh, affects how, you know, we consume and, and not just news, but food, right? Where did really the idea for the book come from? You know, this, uh, this idea came, I think, possibly during uh, 2000, when uh, late 90s, exactly, when we noticed a large number of farmers committing suicides in different parts of the country, particularly in Maharashtra more, I, you know, there were discussions about, you know, the, the farmers are committing suicide because of various other reasons. But no, nobody was mentioning about the farm income related issues. But I, you know, in my research, I found that when the root cause is from the reduced farm income. That only motivated me to look into this data from 1970 onwards. You know, we have a data called Cost of Cultivation Survey data, which is published by the Ministry of Agriculture, Government of India. You can also see this data in Commission for Agriculture Cost and Prices, which only recommends the you know the prices, minimum support prices for 23 crops. So it started in the late 90s when you know, this idea started, but uh, I know I have been writing about this, but, you know, this, I, I could structure it only during the last uh, two years. Was there a particular uh, piece, right, that stood out for you in terms of this structure? Because while, you know, there is, of course, uh, you've dabbled into the price policy, you've dabbled into uh, profitability, how is this infrastructure being used? researching for which of these parts made you go like oh uh, this is very concerning or this is something that, that a lay person should know about and be worried about no really i you know in fact we don't have a, a, a big work on farm income in india if you really look into the literature you will not see any detailed work on farm income in india but that is the core issue today 
last 20 years we have been talking about farm income but we don't have any data except you know 2002-3 and 2012-13 we have two survey that was called a situation assessment survey we have no data on farm income in india whatever data we have from cacp commission for agriculture cost and prices that's only about crop income we don't have any data on farm income and therefore i looked at from 1972 till 1314 the time series data of farm income across states among different crops we have a data for about 23 crops for which we are announcing minimum support prices so i studied all these things where what is happening you know before mid 90s we didn't see much of problem you know from the farm field we didn't see much of noise from the farm field nobody was talking about farm income nobody was talking about farm profitability but suddenly post mid 90s people talked about uh, income farms were started indebtedness increased so that only forced me to look into what is the reason so when you study about farm income you cannot simply you know look at only farm profitability you love to see what's happening in your cropping pattern what's happening to your uh, cost of cultivation which is very very important because cost of cultivation has increased tremendously over the years for last 15 years so operation wise cost of cultivation what is happening to your input prices what is happening to your minimum support prices whether that is really increasing in consonance with your cost of cultivation because that's very very important why we should fix prices only based on year to cost why can't we fix uh, prices based on c to cost and what is happening to market whether the, you know whether farmers are really getting the real income from uh, the real profit that they are expecting from the market markets are very very exploitative and then i also looked at you know whether really the price policy is really helping the farmers or not so you can't study farm income in sum i'm saying by you know only looking at the cost of cultivation and productivity so i traveled you know from cost of cultivation production productivity then price policies market all this i have covered in this in fact you know the input is efficiency is also very very important market infrastructures are very very important rural infrastructure is very important because we st- we have studies in asia and different parts of the country there where you have a better road infrastructure that really helps the farmers to make more profit so i related all these factors to see what kind of impact these are having on farm income and farm profitability in fact if you don't have any book covering data from 1972 till 2000 uh, 2013 14 in india you, you you will not see at all and that too on different crops covering irrigated region covering unirrigated region which is very very important because there is an argument in india that uh, you know irrigated farmers are uh, uh, you know uh, generating more profit more income is that true we didn't see that in fact in the irrigated regions the farmers spend more you know last on cost of cultivation they spend more on fertilizer they spend more on better quality seeds they spend more on labor so we didn't see there is a myth that you know the farmers of irrigated regions are generating more profit i checked it it is not true similarly there is an argument that you know the commercial crops like sugarcane is really giving more income for farmers it is not true everywhere it may be true in maharashtra it may be true in tamil nadu but that is not happening in up because your productivity is very low cost of cultivation is very high so all this myth i studied i have provided answers and finally it's not simple academic work i am telling you it has huge amount of policy content 
in fact if you look at uh, you know the uh, three farm uh, laws that was passed uh, during uh, 2020 september 2020 uh, market related uh, farm laws and then you have your contract farm related farm laws and then you have a essential commodities act amendment uh, all these i have discussed in my uh, uh, book before this farm laws were passed i have recommended that you must implement the apmc model act of 2017 you can see in some of the chapters i have implemented you restructure the market allow the farmers to sell anywhere any places where they get better prices all this i have recommended in fact i have recommended that minimum minimum um, this uh, com- essential commodities act should be removed because that is making lot of uh, hindrances to the farmers to make a profit all this they have done it now which i have included in my book before they implemented in uh, passed in the parliament so a, it has more policy content than pure academics i absolutely agree uh, professor because having read the book right uh, i was also struck by uh, the fact that this is something uh, that's not purely academic and it actually should be understood and read by more people um for me uh, a lot of uh, things that stood out right uh, were for instance the temporal analysis that you've done on farm profitability in andhra right which is actually goes to show you right because a lot of times you know there are these myths that that have sort of stayed on in our imagination for instance uh, everything and anything to do with the green revolution right because the narrative is that it was all good a lot of the gaps are completely missed out on right and in in your book right while you talk about how it resulted in spectacular advancements in indian agricultural and you know sort of help achieve food security uh, but but it's also you know we are also now a net exporter of different agricultural commodities but 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 there is such a chasm between this versus the real state of indian agriculture right in fact why don't you help us and perhaps shed a little light on say the issues around crop failures and indebtedness because while we hear of loan waivers so often what is the story there really it is something that we we read off whenever a waiver is announced and then there there are a few opinion articles and then the issue gets lost right and there's something else that keeps us uh, uh, you know in hooked to the news but what what really is this trifecta of crop failure poor income and indebtedness uh, that today affects our farmers so grievously you know this uh, uh, crop failure that happens every you know once in 3 years once in 5 years because of monsoon failure and what happens you know in our country most of the farmers are small and marginal almost 85% of the farmers are small and marginal they have the land less than 2 what they do they don't have any surplus income in their hand whenever they cultivate some crops they take loan from uh, either from institutional sources or uh, the money lenders they invest and when the crop fails their indebtedness increases that is what is happening it happened you, you know you can see you know till 80 90 91 the level of indebtedness start uh, you know declined between 50 51 to 90 91 the indebtedness in the rural areas declined but post 90s if you look at the data there has been increased indebtedness among the farm farm households i am not talking about rural households i am talking about farm households so farm 
this all because of uh, the crop failure and then the every now and then the farm you know the government is uh, announcing uh, loan waivers i don't know that is you know that is not uh, permanent solution i am not against you know in fact i wrote in and i didn't include much of input about crop failure and their indebtedness and all in my book but i wrote in some other places that you see as and when you announce for loan waiver it is like a temporary you know thing it cannot solve your root cause root cause is what see you must have assured income for farmers for that what you have to do you must have a you know very good procurement system you have a very good uh, pricing system in india 23 crops 23 crops covers almost 80% of the you know production of india agriculture production of india but where we do our procurement we procure only paddy and wheat we don't procure any other crops so i have i have mentioned in different chapters in in one chapter specifically i mentioned you know improve your uh, you know the procurement uh, system you, you we are not procuring much uh, uh, from pulses you don't procure much from oil seeds we don't uh, you know you know these are uh, you know what we procure only paddy and wheat and within the paddy within the cereal crops also we have bajra we have jowar makka all these are there they are all very important crops in fact in fertile areas farmers cultivate these marginal crops only pulses oil seeds your jowar your bajra your makka procurement is not there and therefore i am saying i have mentioned also in my book in, in in detail that you must have a production linked procurement product you know for instance if karnataka is producing more ragi we must procure ragi also there what's happening today we don't procure uh, everywhere if you look at the procurement data uh, we procure mostly in punjab and haryana and to some extent in madhya pradesh particularly wheat crop we don't procure in other places similarly i can tell you one good example that bengal bengal is the largest many may not be knowing this bengal is the largest producer of paddy but you look at the procurement there not even 1% in the total procurement of india we procure only from specific states but if you procure only from specific states your price policy is good but if, if you procure only in a spe- specific states it will not help everyone that's the reason why you look at uh, in some cases you know i have analyzed in my book paddy is profitable in punjab but the same paddy is not profitable in Pan- in uh, andhra pradesh the same paddy is not profitable in uh, Ori- uh, in um, uh, west bengal because you don't have procurement and therefore i have underlined in different chapters it also it also uh, has come out from the analysis that unless you have a good infrastructure that procurement infrastructure managed by the government agencies you cannot increase uh, profitability right you cannot increase income that i have mentioned in different places yes professor another uh, thing which really struck me right was that you also uh, is actually it's in the forward really the point that mr radhakrishnan makes about the virtuous cycle between agricultural and non farm enterprises right and how they strategically provide employment opportunities in rural areas right and Korea or a Taiwan or a China, they experience this transfer of labor from agriculture to manufacturing. Uh, where are these structural reforms in India never really confirmed, right? Because we went from being an agrarian economy to a uh, agrarian service economy, right? Now, what and and how do you th- think of this cycle between agriculture and non-farm enterprises? 
what do you think is still missing uh, what do you think will happen to the share of agricultural and gdp continuing to fall and non farm enterprises even play a priority in government's role on uplifting agriculture in india today see you know without developing agriculture you cannot increase the non farm activities you see you you can see in many places where agriculture is good your non farm activities also good i can tell you you look at western maharashtra agriculture is good non farm activity is good punjab agriculture is good non farm activity is also good haryana you look at agriculture is good non farm activity is also good so without seeing a good growth in agriculture increased income in agriculture you may not be able to see a big revolution in non farm activities within the rural areas i am saying i am not talking about urban areas within the rural areas for instance when your um, agriculture is good your market is coming you know the, uh, the banking service is coming your construction work is increasing where where from uh, what is the uh, non farm activities so the big boom we have seen in construction work only in india so without improving the income in uh, rural areas you will not see much of increase in non farm activities uh, within rural areas right so you, you take the example of punjab where agriculture is growth machineries that their industries are also developing so in order to have uh, increased growth in non farm activities within the rural areas you must have a, a growth in agriculture otherwise what will happen people will migrate from uh, rural areas to urban areas that will only trouble so you must generate better income within the rural areas so that you will have a, a, a better growth in non farm activities that is what uh, some of the literatures are showing how about the fact that this you know uh, what about the introduction of the mahatma gandhi national rural employment guarantee scheme and the impact that that, that has had on farm income this is what you know uh, we have uh, many myths in our understanding that's the reason why i titled as a you know farm income in india myths and reality you know the mgnre is very good uh, scheme for uh, rural poor particularly for agriculture laborers but it is in a way is affecting farming activities you know what happened you know this is an artificial uh, you know intervention you know the government spends about 45000 crores per annum so you already there is a scarcity of labor in uh, rural areas because it's, agriculture is a seasonal work when you create artificial uh, demand for labor your wage rate increases suddenly this is what happened you know you can look at uh, uh, ashokulathis work which is a very good work uh, on uh, mgnre how mgnre is really impacting on wage rate he found that uh, there is a significant increase in growth in wage rate in tamil nadu and andhra where mgnre is implemented relatively better in india what happened you know the wage cost the total cost of cultivation no agriculture ca- labor cost is almost 35% to 40% almost so when your wage rate increases it pulls down our income already there is a problem in profitability farmers are not having a big profit in many crops when your wage rate increases in a way it is impacting on the profitability it is impacting on the farm income i have used data from mid 90s to Uh, till 2014-15 to study the impact of MGNREAGS on farm profitability in different crops. It shows that wherever the wage rate is higher, there the income of uh, uh, farm income has decelerated. 
or farm income has not increased much compared to other states. It's very clear there. I've used cost of cultivation survey data. Again, temporal and then uh, spatial data. That's so fascinating. And, uh, you know, while the larger piece of course is that when researchers or policy makers and, and common readers, right, when, when we read about Indian agriculture, it is so dominated by the whole MSP narrative, right, especially today. Because obviously, due to uh, the current uh, climate and the, the protest from farmers right now is so centered around MSP. Uh, and, and of course, you've alluded to that in your book as well, Professor. You know, the MSP is good. I have no doubt in it. But MSP is in paper only. I worked there in, in the commission also. You know, except in paddy and wheat, you will not see MSP anywhere. You look at the data of procurement. Procurement data you will get from FCA Food Corporation of India website. You see procurement of paddy and wheat, except that too only in few states only. So absolutely there is no procurement. MSP is good. If you remove MSP, your market prices will crash. So in a way, the minimum price, minimum support prices are protecting the market price. Otherwise, it will fall down. So this scheme is very good. But it is not benefiting everybody. You look at the, the SAS data, Situation Assessment Survey data for 12-13 and also 2-3, provided data about awareness on minimum support prices. Awareness only. Whether they are benefiting or not is a different issue. Even awareness, less than 30% of the farmers only knew about MSP scheme. And you know, only 6% of paddy sold through MSP scheme as per the latest data, and only 19% of wheat production is sold, sold through MSP. So it's not benefiting, but if you remove MSP, it will have impact on market prices. You can see from CAC reports also, whenever they increase the price of the minimum support prices of different commodities, there is an increase in the market price also, open market price also, which means as and when you increase MSP, higher, the private traders are paying more for farmers. I am not seeing any, uh, you know, direct uh, correlation, but we see there is some kind of relationship between minimum support price and market price. And therefore, minimum support price is very, very important. More than minimum support price, procurement is very, very important. I have mentioned that unless you strengthen your procurement system in all crops, all important commodities, you cannot increase farm income because you can also see in government data, you can also see in CACP publications that market prices, despite announcing higher MSP in many places, market prices are ruling much below the MSP in different commodities except the paddy and wheat. So your MSP is working on paddy and wheat, more or less, if not in Bengal or Tamil Nadu or Orissa, it's not working there seriously because you don't have any procurement. But it works seriously in Mempi. It works seriously in Rajasthan. It works seriously in Haryana and in UP Sampar. Not in Maharashtra. Not in Gujarat. It works reasonably well for groundnut in Gujarat. Because Gujarat is a dominant groundnut producer. Hmm. Yeah, this is actually so fascinating to me, Professor, right? Because the way you've explained this, right, on how economists actually argue that increasing paddy prices dirty economics and dirtier politics. But uh, but it definitely is 
actually the book uh, was so eye opening in so many regards right because for me i read i read it as a lay person but i'm sure that it is eye opening whether you are a lay person whether you are a researcher a student a scholar somebody involved in public uh, policy uh, you know as a practitioner as somebody who works at a think tank there are so many uh, sets of information that really make uh, uh, this an enriching read and and your book has such a comprehensive bibliography um that that you know anybody who is specifically interested right for instance if one wants to really understand farmer suicide in karnataka right then one can can go and and read something specific so it's such a good entry point as a book um as an introduction uh, to farm income of course to the myths that you know that lay people like us think is the reality versus the actual reality and um and all of these other inputs and uh, recommendations really from the book why i say many in india think that uh, the farm income is very high you know that argument is also coming now you know because of this farm loss but i can tell you one uh, data based on the situation assessment uh, survey data published by the government of india as uh, per the data of 2002 3 per day income per household eh? per household per day income is only 70 rupees right in 2002 3 now in 2012 13 for which we have the latest data we don't have any other data very recently nabard has published a data but is that is nabard data this one is a government data sas sas data is association assessment survey data is a government data it is published by nsso national sample survey organization as per the 2012 13 data the farm income is just per household income i am telling it's only 2212 rupees 200 rupees per household income per day which is less than the income of of agricultural laborers in south india you look at, you go to any state in south india kerala beat kerala beat tamil nadu beat andhra or telangana your wage rate is more than 250 rupees per day for agricultural laborers but household income as per the 2012 13 data it's only 212 rupees per household which means you divide by 5 because normally our family size is 5 in rural areas 5 to 6 and then you will see very pathetically low income so this is a myth actually there is a the income is relatively higher in agriculture and another big myth is that commercial crops are generating more income i have also mentioned earlier sugarcane i have analyzed in, in detail taking different states you know i did a very interesting analysis people say that uh, some have argued i don't know who that very great economists have argued that uh, the your income your profitability is also related with the productivity productivity of the state so they were suggesting some uh, a great scholar has suggested that you must focus on increasing productivity of crops so i have tested that an, uh, hypothesis whether uh, productivity and then profitability has any relationship particularly in sugarcane crop so i selected those states where productivity is very high and then states which are having pro- low productivity and i compared in fact i see no big differences between uh, high productivity state and low productivity states in terms of profitability in sugarcane similar is the case with the irrigation people say that irrigated areas are generating more output more income more profitability it's not true 
in fact i did an analysis taking irrigated states irrigated crops and then less irrigated states less irrigated rainfed crops compared than think in fact in some cases i can tell you rainfed crops are providing more profitability more income for farmers because the cost of cultivation is relatively less in rainfed areas they spend they don't spend much on fertilizer they don't spend much on pesticides they don't spend much on laborers and therefore the profitability is particularly for oil seed and uh, pulses so the myth that uh, you know, irrigated crops are generating more income is not correct i am not saying this this is what the uh, cost of cultivation survey data tells right so these are the issues i have covered in fact i, I as i mentioned to you i am not boasting uh, about my book because really if you look into the literature you will not see a comprehensive analysis focusing on different issues like market the minimum support price policies production productivity cropping pattern your rural infrastructure and then market and relating them with the income really you will not see many books in india that, that's absolutely true and it's so surprising right in a country which is predominantly agrarian right um, that, that it's not something which is researched more deeply or widely or more you know across cross sections right um, so so i think that, and that is why you know your book uh, uh, professor was such a great reading and learning experience really uh, once again uh, thank you so much for writing this book being on this podcast and taking us through this uh, interesting world of myths and realities to everyone listening to this podcast i urge you to go and buy the book from amazon flipkart the book is published by oxford university press you can read more about it it truly is both a, a macro and a micro view into farm income across all of these aspects that we discussed today um, and i hope you enjoyed learning from it and and reading it as much as we did thank you very much thank you professor thank you once again do not forget to tune into us on spotify google podcast apple podcast gana and hd smartcast